Our gospel lesson this morning is from uh, St. Luke chapter 1. It's on your page 56 in the New Testament in the pew rack before you. I invite you to follow along as I read. Verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Bible belongs in the manger. Starry night, noisy night, our children have beautifully told the story of the birth of the Messiah. In Luke chapter 1, the story begins with a great invitation, a proclamation of the word of the Lord, with an invitation to hear, to see, to believe, and to act. What an issue, what came out of that encounter with, the Gabriel, with Gabriel, the angel, was a response that, that was something of a struggle. It was a pondering. It was a processing of thoughts that were weighty thoughts. A theological reflection. An effort to understand the announcement of a mystery that no human mind can really comprehend. But a mystery and so it is when, whenever a call comes into our life. And indeed, we are here this morning, not by accident, but we are here to listen to the angel's words to us. 
and to hear the call of God upon our lives, to receive the message, to respond to that message in faith, hope, and love. One of my pastor friends told me a couple of weeks ago that he was entertaining a call from another congregation, from a pastor's nominating committee. He said they sent, the committee sent up a headhunter out to see him, but not before he had answered a series of questions. So he found himself in a theological reflection, answering these questions, and it took him 10 hours. It was not a snap response, but it was something that he had to apply himself to in order to evaluate and, and decide how he would respond and in order to reveal himself. Lots of, lots of pastor nominating committees do not really tell the truth about what's going on in their church to a pastor, and so it's the same way with a pastor in responding to a church. Sometimes the congregation does not really get to know the pastor until after he or she arrives. And difficulties may occur unless there's been an open, honest process of pondering together the nature of this call. I remember responding to the pastor's nominating committee here, and it was, in some sense, an intellectual shakedown of responding to questions, of, of being engaged in interview, of pondering and trying to decide if we could discern the call of God and respond to it to come to this place about which I was frightened. Sometimes God's calls can frighten us. And so the angel Gabriel was sent to an old man, a priest named Zechariah who was married to an old woman, and her reputation in the community was that she was barren. She could not have children, and it had been a disgrace to her, as it was in that culture, unfruitfulness. But when it came time for Zechariah to serve in the temple at the altar of incense and to offer up prayers, perhaps he didn't know what he was really praying for. Suddenly he became aware that there was a presence in the room and it was the angel Gabriel that had been sent from God with a message that old Elizabeth, well beyond the years of childbearing, was going to bear a son to be named John. And he was God's designated messenger to move and to shake the nation, to prepare the way of the Lord. God was on the move, doing something new in history. Zechariah simply could not believe it. I'm an old man and my wife is barren. And just when we had decided to retire and take things easy, we finally accepted the situation of our life. But now suddenly, you announce this good news to me. I'm not sure I can believe it. How will I know that this thing will happen? And Gabriel 
moved over closer to Zechariah in the temple, looked him straight in the eyes, and said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of the living God. And this God has sent me to proclaim good news to you. But because you have not believed what will come true, you will be unable to speak for nine months. Now, a lot of men, when they hear the announcement from their wives that they're pregnant, uh, whatever their age may be, it's traumatic. It can take away your breath. It can take away your voice. It can cause tears and laughter. And so it was. Old Elizabeth con conceived. And Zechariah could not speak. And it wasn't until the birth of the child that his lips were loosed. And he began to praise and glorify God. He'd seen the reality of the promise. The word of God was true. But all those months of silence, was, they were times of pondering, weighty thoughts, of theological reflection, of asking himself what this would do in his life. You know, life can come to us in many mysterious ways. Someone said that um, life is what happens when we are making other plans. Another of my pastor friends, he, he came to retirement years earlier in their marriage. He and his wife had a beloved son whom they had lost after a long battle with cancer. And their lives were devastated. There were other children, but that left a mark, a scar upon their souls. They had a daughter. And just as my friend was ready to retire and was retired, the daughter announced to them, I can't take care of my children. I have to give them to you. And so she did. I follow this story on Facebook and my friend posts these wonderful pictures now in retirement from being a pastor. He's coaching Little League. He's playing football with the kids. There's a boy and there's a girl and there's all kinds of things happening and he is having the best time of his life. Could he have ever imagined that this could be a part of God's call upon his life. A few months later, the same angel, Gabriel, that we first met in Daniel, he came on a mission to a young girl, a virgin named Mary, a teenager, if you will. And he found her at the village well, drawing water for her family. It was only a village, three or four hundred people. 
near a major metropolitan Greco-Roman city, but nevertheless in the country. The angel knew he had scared the you-know-what out of Zechariah. Well, he must have asked himself, how am I going to make an announcement to this teenage girl that she has been chosen by God and given a call to be the mother of the Messiah? Hey, hello, favored one, the Lord is with you. Luke tells us that Mary was perplexed, she was troubled, and she pondered what sort of greeting this might be, as well she should have. I bring you good news of great joy, Mary. You will be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit And the power of God will rest upon you. And your child to be born to you will be the son of David, the son of God, and he will save his people from their sins. This is God's rescue mission for the whole world. This was the most important announcement ever made. And Mary struggled. How can this be? I've never known a man. I'm a virgin. The Spirit will rest upon you. And you will learn that with God all things are possible. Nothing is too difficult for the Lord or too wonderful. When God is at work, miracles happen. And your life will be forever changed And Mary pondered these words, not only in that conversation with the angel, but she treasured and pondered such words that came to her over her lifetime. At the very end, she was still pondering, reflecting upon these weighty thoughts, letting them impact. They meant something new. And every year, even as our thinking about reality and a worldview and about God and ourselves and why we are, who we are, and what we're doing here, and where we're going. We ponder these things, these important issues of our lives. That's what it means to be human. Luke had a way of just encapsulating and his message and writing it so tightly that it makes it look like it happened almost within the minute. But I think that was not the case. Mary treasured and pondered this introduction for the rest of her life, even as we do. After we may have been following Jesus for a lifetime. One of the reporters for CNN. Her last name is Powers. She's a beautiful blonde head. She was with Fox News. She wrote a chapter in a book called The Christmas Virtues. It was published in 2015. She tells the story. It was the story was entitled its own her own personal story and testimony. She tells the story of Becoming a Christian 
ruined Christmas for her. She shared about as a little girl growing up in a divorced family with mom one place, dad another place, being moved from one house to another for two celebrations of Christmas and she thought it was great. She and her brother, there were all these packages in both houses they went to. Mother, East Coast liberal, father, conservative out in Montana or Wyoming. Dad always took her to church, to the Episcopal church when he was Christmas Eve. They were always there together. And she grew up, but for her, Christmas it was about getting things. It was about material things. And it was about Santa Claus, as important as all that may be, as a part of our cultural practice. But by the time she was in college, in her second year, she had an existential crisis. She said she thought she was losing faith in God. And she called her dad up and asked him. And he said, well, I've hung on really hard to believe, but the truth is, Kirsten, that I've come to the place where I no longer believe in God. And I don't know what to say. And she said, the smartest man I ever knew, my dad, when he told me that, I came untethered. She became a great success in television news, still is. Said she, the people that she ran with in New York City, they by and large were just atheists. She was an atheist. Her friends wanted to line her up with boyfriends, and they always ask her if she wanted to go on a blind date, and she said, well, fine, but make sure He's not religious. Especially, I don't want to go out with a Christian. And lo and behold, somehow in the process, she was introduced to a guy who she really fell for. And along the way, he, he shared with her, I go to a Presbyterian church of all places in New York City. She thought he was just a cultural Christian. And she said, look, I, I may show up in church from time to time, but uh, don't expect me to believe that stuff. He took her to his church, to Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City, an evangelical church where Tim Keller is the pastor. She said, I never heard anything like this, a pastor who believed and taught and preached the Bible as if the message of the Bible was true. And he brought in music and history and philosophy and all those things that I was interested in. And he connected the biblical message with that. And I found myself reconsidering. And finally, at last, I, I assented that the truth of Christianity is, is there, but I'm not ready to give myself to it. It's not real to me. And her boyfriend had asked her, have you, have you made a decision to turn your life over to Jesus Christ? She said, no, that's, that's ridiculous. She had sent on an assignment out to Taiwan. And all the way on that trip, she said she prayed secretly that God would reveal himself 
He had told her that if she kept an open mind, that God would make himself known to her. And she said after she got there in Taiwan, one night she had a dream, and it was Jesus who showed up in the dream and said to her, here I am. Here I am, and it scared her to death. Pondering continues. She picked up the phone and she called him halfway around the world. And before she could tell him her experience, he broke up with her. And she had no other Christian friend except maybe one that he had introduced her to. And she got back and she shared the story. And he said to her, You better go to a Bible study. I'll take you up here someplace in the northern part of. Manhattan Island, Redeemer Church has satellite churches everywhere on Manhattan, Bible studies and all of that. And she said, I came out of that first Bible study and I was transformed by the truth of the message. And somehow I knew I was a believer, that Christ was real. And she said, I'm still pondering, I'm still reflecting, I'm still considering, like all Christians do. But the truth is, she said, becoming a Christian ruined Christmas for me. It could never again be simply about the things of shopping and running through stores and exhausting oneself and buying presents It couldn't be just about the the common mythology with which we all struggle and, and are involved in. Rather, Christmas had become now for me the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. And He had become my personal Savior and Lord. And I was not sure what to do with that except I got to reading books and N.T. Wright was one of them I read. He said, Christmas is the story of God's great rescue mission for humanity. And he comes to us lowly in a manger, born to a poor couple, identified with the human condition, fully God, fully man, the Savior of the world, a mystery that none of us can ever put our minds around, but we ponder it. And I confess I've been pondering this message, thinking about it, doubting it, believing it my whole adult life. And it's still going on. And I treasure these words of the gospel. And every time I read this story, it's a new story. It's a deeper story. It's my story. And it's once again the Savior coming to me. And the angel Gabriel making the announcement, the Holy Spirit has overshadowed you. The Holy Spirit has come to live within you. Jesus is alive today. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Are you at that place this morning? Where are you at in the process of wondering, of pondering, of questioning? Could it be that Jesus is set to ruin your holiday? is the truth of life, of faith, of hope, of love. 
Thanks be to God that he's here this morning. In the words of Gabe, in the words of prophets and apostles, in the words of Jesus that caused his mother to ponder them until the very last day. And then she knew that in his death and resurrection, God had acted to forgive us of our sins and to rescue us from the powers of sin and death and to give us a whole new beginning, a story that will not be complete until we are all together in the new creation. And this world that is such a mess is cleaned up and made right to the glory of God. Pray with me. O God, who comes to us when we least expect. O God, who has us in times and places in our lives where we can hear the angels' words, the old story, the reason for the season. O God, in this moment, keep our minds and our hearts open. Even though we've heard the story a lifetime, there is still much that we need to understand. There's still many places in our hearts into which we need to invite you and your presence, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ be in me, Christ be in your church, imperfect church, broken church, all of our lives searching, seeking for wholeness and life. Touch us with this old message this morning. Empower us to come to the place where Mary came. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. We ask in your name. Amen. Many, many years ago, in the land of Judah, Caesar Augustus ordered everyone to be counted so they could pay him taxes. No new taxes! Um, okay, so everyone had to go to the town where their families came from. They took all the food, clothing, and animals they needed for a long trip. Visitors and animals crowded around the small town of Bethlehem. It got real noisy and smelly. <laughs> and the bright star that God had put in the sky made it look like daytime, even in the middle of the night. We're talking about the brightest star you've ever seen, shining through your window all night long. Shining clear and bright, shining down with all their might on the town of Bethlehem. And it's a noisy night, restless people everywhere, traveling from here and there to the town of Bethlehem. To Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph had traveled for days to get to Bethlehem, and they were tired. Especially Mary, duh, who's expecting a baby? Well, yeah, and because of the crowds, there wasn't even any place for them to sleep. 
But this really nice Airbnb guy let Mary, Joseph, and their donkey stay in his stable. Hee-haw, thanks for letting us crash into your stable, guys. There was nowhere else to go. No, no problem. It was crazy out there. Bah, so many people all shouting at each other. I know, I've been watching out the window. They're all running around like chickens. Hey! <laughs> Sorry. Bah, so many people all shouting at each other. Joseph had to find a place for Mary to sleep. The animals tried to be helpful, but they were not used to having a human family in their stable. Pretty soon, it was time for Mary to have her baby. There, with the cows mooing, the sheep bleeding, the chickens brock, brock, brocking, she gave birth to a teeny baby boy. She wrapped him up all nice and warm and laid him in the manger for a nap. Stop mooing so loudly. I'm not mooing. I'm lowing. Well, you're going well, to wake the Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. So could you low a little lower, please? Low. 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 As the new baby Jesus slept, out in the hills there were shepherds, just trying to have a quiet evening. The angel had a light as bright as day. Well, they were terrified. 
But the angel said, Do not be afraid. <laughs> I give you good news from heaven. Today is You will find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, there were thousands of angels filling the starry sky with loud songs of praise to God. The shepherds could hardly believe their eyes and ears. That was so exciting, miraculous, fabulous. Yeah, exciting, miraculous, fabulous. I've never seen angels before. Yeah, me either. That was so bright. I maybe seen Light. And that song I can still hear the angels singing. I think it's maybe ringing in your ears because they were so loud. While the shepherds were listening to the angels sing, the animals in the stable were amazed by all the noise and confusion in the town. Yeah, and they didn't even get that a miracle was happening right under their noses. Bob, you keep staring out that window. Well, there's always something interesting to watch. But you're missing something very interesting right here. But I just have to find out what happens next. It's like Animal Planet or a Wild Kingdom. It's like a reality show. The best reality show is right here. Come and look. But Animal Planet. Brock? What are you packing away at? I'm sending an instant message to that chicken over there. For crying out loud, whose cowbell is that? Can you put that thing on silent mode? I'm tweeting all of my followers about this cowbell situation. Why are you guys thinking about all these other things? Seriously, we have a miracle right here. A gift from God. Jesus, the Savior.
They are so There are so many things to do this season. But try really hard to find the real meaning of Christmas. Come and worship the newborn king on this still silent holy night. receive our morning offering. Free. 
Faithful God, you are a God who makes promises with no evidence at hand or in sight. You are a God who dwells with women like Elizabeth and Mary, who become mothers in Israel. You are a God powerful in purpose, hidden in performance, faithful over time. And we are among those drawn to your life, a life teeming with possibilities, so hard to trust, so impossible to explain, so good to treasure. So give us this day the freedom to be amazed, and to trust your way in us and among us, even when the world seems closed to all futures. In Jesus Christ, you have made your home on earth in the broken body of creation. And so with a deep sense of your compassion for us, we pray that this week you would befriend the lonely, the sick, those who grieve. Set free those who live in fear, in poverty, in violence, in injustice. Listen to the hopes and fears of the people of Aleppo, terrified, grieving, fleeing for life the people of the little town of Bethlehem and all of Israel and Palestine. Come anew, Lord Jesus, to all who long for your deliverance and to each this week who gathers at your manger. We bring these, you these gifts asking that you will use us and that you will use them for your purposes in this world even as we pray for the day when your will is done on earth as in heaven, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The proof of God's amazing love is this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should have life. Go forth this morning with the fullness of life, of love, of peace and joy, and all those great virtues that we proclaim and that Jesus came to fill our hearts with. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you. 